Thank you, Bob. As I mentioned last week, I always set aside several hours at the end of every year to reflect on the outgoing anim. I spent time last week thinking about highlights and disappointments, things I did well, places I foundered, and where I'd like to invest my energy in the year to come. As is my practice, I listened for a word to direct the coming year, a place of intention or a means of focus. Having gotten these things clear within myself, the next day I turned my attention to the same for the church. I thought about some of the highlights of 2020, brought of course into sharp relief by the many disappointments it held. I thought about things we did well, places we may grow, and how we might spend our energies in 2021. As I was praying about this church and where we might focus this coming year with all of its mystery yet to unfold before us, I was meditating on how 2020 felt like a field left fallow. At first, I found the image distressing given the immense amount of work that went into keeping worship going digitally and then shifting to in-person for several months before transitioning back to this digital format. But I stayed with the image, hoping its wisdom would reveal itself to me. Having grown up with soybean fields in my backyard, I remembered the farmer leaving one of our fields fallow. And why? He did so because if the same crop is planted in the same earth year after year, it takes the same nutrients from the soil. A fallow year allows the soil to replenish its nutrients and grow a stronger crop when next it is cultivated. While the surface of the ground looks barren, there is a complex nurturing going on just out of sight, assisted, of course, by the farmer's works and the offerings of nature. After the fallow year or years, it's time to replant. Farmers will break up the hard soil, plant their seed, water the ground, and wait. Then the seed will be required to do its work to split and grow stronger, able to push through the dirt and yield fruit in its time. This is what I believe we are called to do in 2021. As I spent time in prayer and meditation for how best to spend this year as a community, I believe I heard the words, the year of discovery. In order to be faithful to that vision, I've mapped out a year of discovery by quarters. During the first quarter, we will endeavor to discover or rediscover some things about our faith tradition. That includes, of course, Christianity writ large, as well as our UCC heritage. During the second quarter, we will spend time discovering or rediscovering our community. Who is doing good, healthy, healing work here in the Pocono Plateau? What may we learn from or how may we partner with them? to be more effective ministers of the gospel. During the third quarter, we will focus on discovering things about ourselves individually and as a church body. I hope that will include who we are as a church at this stage of our lives and where our gifts and passions lay. Finally, during the fourth quarter, I hope we will synthesize all of our learning in the previous three quarters and begin to push through the soil with a fresh vision and purpose. During this first quarter of 2021, as I said, we will focus on the gifts of our faith tradition, both Christianity in say and what the UCC contributes to the fabric of faith. 
We will undertake a new book study, as I said, beginning January 25th, Marcus Borg's Reading the Bible Again for the First Time. An email about that study will go out in the next week or so. It is my hope that we will be open to the fresh wind of the spirit that seeks to blow through this church, and not only this church, but the church in America. We've been given an opportunity to, to discover much about what the Church of Jesus Christ can look like going forward, and I'm excited about the possibilities 2021 holds. As we step into this year of discovery, it seems fitting, if unusual, to start by preaching a text from the book of Sirach. But perhaps that's exactly what we need to reset our vision. Sirach is one of the deuterocanonical or apocryphal texts recognized by the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox churches, the Anglican Communion, and increasingly some Protestant groups. Other deuterocanonical texts include the Book of Judith, Tobit, 1st, 2nd, and in some churches, 3rd and 4th Maccabees, Baruch, Wisdom, Sirach, of course, Esdras, and lengthy additions to both Esther and Daniel. Today's text, then, um, from Sirach, sometimes called Ben Sirah, or Ecclesiasticus, was originally written in Hebrew and then translated into Greek. The Hebrew text was largely lost until fragments of it were found both with the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Cairo Geniza. It is unique among wisdom literature because it is signed by its writer. Sirach is the largest surviving wisdom book from antiquity. Today's text is a poem in praise of wisdom herself. In a year of discovery, I find it fitting to begin with ancient wisdom that is likely new to most of us. Today's pericope begins, Wisdom praises herself and tells of her glory in the midst of her people. In the assembly of the Most High, she opens her mouth, and in the presence of his hosts, she tells of her glory. Much like we find in Proverbs 8, wisdom here is personified as a woman. She says, I come forth from the mouth of the Most High and cover the earth like a mist. I dwelt in the highest heavens and my throne was in a pillar of cloud. Alone I compassed the vault of heaven and traversed the depths of the abyss. Over waves of the sea, over all the earth, over every people and nation I have held sway. Among all these, I sought a resting place, in whose territory should I abide? If these images seem familiar, they should, for this chapter is rich in intertextual links. In Sirach, wisdom emanates from the mouth of the Creator as God speaks it into being, much like we read in the first chapter of Genesis. Lady Wisdom covers the earth like a mist, filling the space between land and sky. She vibrates in the depths of the sea. Wisdom covers the earth and the waters and every person of every nation. She was the cloud that led the Israelites out of bondage and into a spacious place in the Exodus tale. The meaning is clear. All creation manifests God's spirit, God's wisdom, and therefore proclaims God's glory. Wisdom then hovers to and fro, searching for a place and a people on whom to rest. This divine wisdom is present and active throughout history. But where should the repository of wisdom dwell? She goes on. Then the creator of all things gave me a command, and my creator chose the place for my tent. He said, make your dwelling in Jacob, and in Israel receive your inheritance. Before the ages in the beginning, he created me, 
and for all the ages I shall not cease to be. In the holy tent I ministered before him, and so I was established in Zion. Thus in the beloved city he gave me a resting place, and in Jerusalem was my domain. I took root in an honored people, in the portion of the Lord his heritage. Lady Wisdom, who exists as part of God, responds to God's command and makes her home with Israel. It is there, the text says, she comes into her fullness. She who existed before the foundations of the earth, she who will never cease to exist, she who ministered before God in the temple, made her home among the Jewish people. There, wisdom says, she was given rest, given Jerusalem in which to flourish. Indeed, she took root there, the text says, a portion of God's heritage on earth. Much like a plant thrives in its native habitat, so too wisdom thrives in Israel. Though the poem says wisdom is the Lord's heritage to Israel, it also says, over waves of the sea, over all the earth, over every people and nation she has held sway. Wisdom, then, may be found all over. It is through wisdom that God creates the world and set down its order. It is in Lady Wisdom God delights, and that wisdom teaches us to delight in the created order. It is this voice of wisdom that reminds us to seek to live well in this world, in harmony with others and created things. So what are we to take from this text in our year of discovery? I think it's important to note that wisdom may be found in unexpected places. Though we may be accustomed to looking for her in places like Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, there is yet more wisdom to be found in places we either don't think or don't know to look. While most of us are unfamiliar with the book of Sirach, it has been counted as sacred text for over a thousand years. May we avail ourselves of its offering here and in other surprising places. Finally, the, the wisdom that was with God at the beginning of the world is still available to us today. Wisdom says she may be found all over the earth and in all peoples, so let us not think ourselves arbiters of wisdom, but rather as her students. If we are like a field that laid fallow, regaining strength, receiving nurture, even in what looked on the surface to have been a barren year, we have a fresh opportunity now. We may listen for Lady Wisdom's voice. May we receive the seed she offers us. May we nurture it within ourselves. Then, as is the order of things, in its time it shall bear good fruit. Amen.